0: Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit slash
1: on three and bet on college hoops until they cut
0: down the nets.
1: Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to two five three three four two in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit Help dot com in Kansas 1877 Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred three two seven 327 5050 support in Massachusetts or call 1877-8 Hope n y or text hope n y in new york
2: all right everybody welcome into the auburn live modcast the auburn live show the modcast edition appreciate everybody for joining us i'm justin hokinson with me as always are the fellows that make the auburn com go jeffrey lee and
3: cole pinkston what's up guys how about you hope? what's up what's up i'm going with the headphones this week trying anything to make the audio better here Man, you miss your head up. It's not bad. The people will tell you. <laughs> look how big a is. <laughs>
0: okay.
3: Maybe it's just a little. Head, head, head you ins- you inspired me, Jeffrey. Okay. tried it. It, it, it really um, helps me. In really. relation to the headphones, I just had a
2: flashback of. Uh, if you've never seen Tommy Boy, if you, is anybody, <laughs> have y'all seen Tommy Boy when he does yeah. the when he does the. Cole oh, almost cold. don't Probably I'm not saying maybe. you are, but when he goes when he says fat guy and a little coat oh, yeah. he the fat guy in a little coat thing. I thinking think about your head with those little little headphones. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you go ahead, y'all laugh it up. <laughs> Bigger brain, I think, right, Cole. And Zach has joined in. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> yeah, Cole, you don't have your mic. My mic stopped working. I don't know oh, what really? happened. Yeah, I mean the light comes yeah. on when I plug it in, and then nothing happens. I don't yeah. know. Weird.
2: Well, let's uh, let's chat about prize picks, and then get into this
3: prize cool picks. You know, we uh, we've been recording on Thursdays pretty much all uh, uh, forever, um, but the past two weeks they have yet to post their college football numbers, so. Go look at them. Probably Thursday evening. Probably Thursday evening, Friday they'll be ready to go. By the time the show comes out, they'll be stacked with we'll college foot, football. Uh, if you're not familiar with Prize Picks, go check them out. Go to the app, download Prize Picks, set you up an account, and if you'll use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word, all first time users that deposit uh, up to and use use the promo code. We'll receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit a hundred bucks, use the promo code war eagle, all caps, one word, prospects will credit you a hundred bucks. If so you just deposit 50, they'll do you 52. How does it work? If you haven't used prospects already, you're missing out. It's a lot of fun, man. Uh, you pick two to six players and if they will go more or less than their prospects projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not playing against other people. You're just playing against the projection. So it's basically more or less. They give you a number. Jackson Dart, passing yards, 236 and a half. You go more or less. Um, In states, uh, that's that's, uh, 31 states um, basically can play anything. Alabama, uh, Arkansas, uh, Florida, Georgia. um, At least in Alabama, I know you've got to use the combo. uh, So it would be combo picks, which would be like Jackson Dart, and Peyton Thorn combined to pass for more than 375 yards. You'll go more or less. That's how easy it is. Um, so go check them out, Prospects. dot com. Remember the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word, and uh, come join us, man. We uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, and uh, you sure you will too.
2: So almost is a six and a half point spread over under
3: 55. Six and a half, 55. Whew. I just don't know, man. What do y'all think? Do you think this is an, a, a different team you've seen at home than you have on the road? Well, yeah. 100%. I, no doubt ever, about that. Have you ever seen like two different teams in the same season as you have this season with Auburn? And I don't know, Cole, you can tell me, is it is it Peyton Thorne or is it the entire offense? Yeah, listen... I could, I could easily succumb to peer pressure here and just say it's Peyton Thorne, but I'm not that guy. I hear you. I just don't roll like that. Um, it's a lot of things, man. It, it's, it's, it's little things. I don't want to go too far into that. Uh, I, I break it down on the board, per, you know, down to the science as best as I can, but at some point everybody's at, at blame. And, uh, you know, until each position group and and the coaches and everything all together collectively gets better, Auburn's not getting better on offense. Okay. I think they're going to make some incremental, um, you know, adjustments to fix those things this week. I, I feel that somewhat <laughs> – it almost feels a little bit like the hammer has been put down from what I understand on, on certain things. And that has to happen. It has to. it was an away game, if they were playing at Ole Miss, I wouldn't give Ole Miss, I mean, I wouldn't give Auburn a chance uh, against, you got to think now, Ole Miss is going to put up some points, at home at least. Now, after listening to Cole and Jay Head on the calling show Sunday, Ole Miss on the road has been about, I mean, you, you look at what they did in Tuscaloosa, they scored 10 points. So that kind of gives me a little bit of hope for Auburn this Saturday, is that Maybe Ole Miss doesn't score. It's typical thirty-four points a game. Um, Cole, what? Or, or Justin, you might know too. What's Ole Miss's defense like? What's they're uh, hit or miss. I okay. mean, their whole
2: team is kind of hit or miss. If you look at offensively against LSU, they look phenomenal. Go look at the Georgia Tech game. I mean, they they barely squeaked that out. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. Tulane was on the road. Was pretty good game. Tulane didn't have Michael Pratt. Um, pretty competitive. Ole Miss pulled away. Um, then you look at the Arkansas game at home, um, Ole Miss defense played pretty well, held them to 20, um, which is better than LSU did, better than, I guess, about as good as Alabama did. So, like, their defense is, is hit or miss. When they play well, they're good, When and there's moments where they don't. Offense has kind of been similar. They, they weren't lighting the world on fire against Arkansas or Georgia Tech, but then they did against LSU, and uh, I mean, they put 73 points on the board against somebody earlier in the year, so... Um so yeah they're they're inconsistent. I mean they're really good. I, I don't think that their offense is the same uh challenge as LSU's. Even though Ole Miss beat LSU, I I, I think LSU's offense is far more dangerous because of J. Daniels. I think J Daniels presents a whole bunch of different problems.
3: Ole Miss's defense is the epitome of boom or bust. Wow. Oh, yeah. because they're 5th in the nation, which just so happens to be 4th in the SEC in sacks per game. 3.6 sacks a game. That's a lot. Um And Auburn's uh, they like are, are, last in
2: giving up sacks yeah.
3: or 13th or something. I mean, they're 12th they're in the last. SEC. Yeah. Yeah. 11th in the SEC for Ole Miss and giving up passing yards. That's 110th in the nation. Uh 102nd in the country on third down. Um, they're not good on third down.
2: So, giving up thirds, or other or than giving up
3: quarterback, giving up third on defense.
2: So, well, I mean, Auburn uh, can't I've, I've do that. and Auburn can't throw, so it doesn't really matter. If you come in as a defense and you're like, "Well, we struggle against the run, and we struggle giving up third downs," and you're playing Auburn, well, then you're fine because Auburn doesn't yeah. do either either of those
3: well. Let me ask you this: If the team that we saw play Georgia. If that team shows up, if I told you right now, hey, man, I'm going to tell you right now, the team that that, that took Georgia to the wire, that team's going to play Saturday. That's the same type of performance Auburn's going to have. Would you have Auburn winning straight up against Ole Miss? Yes. Me too. Yeah, I'd have a straight up win. And the reason is because that was really the only game this season that they – Executed what was called really well,
1: almost uh, almost everything.
3: Almost, yeah, and controlled the clock. And and it it, it was at the end of the game when Thorn throws an interception. That whole drive is is terrible. It's discombobulated because they start doing the things that we know they're not they're not good at, and and they didn't have a choice. They had to try to win a game. Sure, this is what I've been trying to explain to people too. You cannot just scrap everything. Okay. People are going, well, why doesn't Montgomery just call things that, you know, make sense for the personnel? Because if you call things down to the personnel, you will lose games. 100%. I can guarantee a loss. I'll go ahead and put an L in the call. You have to have stuff that helps you win the game, too, right? I mean, you can't take it all out. You can't just run the ball every play. You're not going to win. Unless you're the greatest, you know, running offense that college football has ever seen. Yeah. Andy Nebraska Jackson. of uh was that ninety yeah. one? Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips. Yeah,
2: ninety yeah, five they beat they 95. beat the breaks off uh Florida and I think I think it was ninety five. Um yes the bowl maybe? Yeah. Just crushed Florida. Um they beat uh they beat up on Peyton Manning in Tennessee, I think in ninety seven or something too, so um yeah, I don't know, but but Cole. We, I mean, we heard from Hugh Freeze after that bye week that that's what they did. They went in, and thinned out things, and assessed what the personnel can and can't do, and if they can't do it, take it out. If they can do it, coach better. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, the thing you you go back to the way they played against Georgia. The thing about that game, still though, it took it took. Not only did it take getting two turnovers, it took getting two turnovers at midfield or better. I mean, Jalen picked that ball off at midfield. The fumble I even think was in Georgia territory. Um And and, and they turned both those into touchdowns. So it, you know, that, that's what it's going to take for this offense. They're going to need, they don't just need turnovers. They need turnovers in phenomenal field position. If you're going to try to score with a Georgia and LSU uh or an old Miss, I, I don't, even if the defense plays well, Ole Miss, you've got to figure, is going to score. I mean, even with a couple of turnovers, Georgia put up 27 in 400-something yards. I mean, Ole Miss is going to score. It's going to take 34 to win this game. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so if it's going to take 34, under what circumstances does Auburn get to 34? They they only got to 20 with two turnovers against Georgia. Now Georgia's defense is better than Ole misses, but under what circumstances do, does it take for Auburn to get to 34 when they haven't even sniffed 34 in three conference games and then throw Cal in there four Power Five games? Haven't even sniffed it.
3: Man, I didn't think about that. What's their offensive output in those four games? Like what was what were the scores? They scored against Cal, 20
2: against Georgia. Ten against A and M, but really three because one was a defensive touchdown, and then eighteen against uh, LSU. Oh my God! So so they twenty is the most you got.
3: I mean, you did that with two turnovers.
2: At, at home, yeah, twenty is the best. Of course, the best you should you have had
3: some points before half there too. Man, I think
2: their best bet. Well, not maybe, maybe not the best bet. It's not like there's one thing, but. One thing that happened a couple years ago that helped when Lane Kiffin then came in with a better team was Lane Kiffin was really risky and went for some fourth downs and didn't get it, and that really helped Auburn. Maybe he does that again. You know, use that against him where he's going to be—he's going to go for some fourth downs. If you can stop him on some of those, that'd be big. I mean, they went for fourth downs where they probably could have kicked a couple of field goals. I mean, that really helped hold them down two years ago. But last year, man. In Oxford, I mean, Ole Miss put up 48 and ran for 400 yards, um, Quinshine Judkins and all those guys. So hopefully Auburn's putting on the tape and saying, you know, a little motivation on getting 48 hung on you and 400 rushing yards from, from a year ago.
3: So, <clears throat> Justin, probably from that game you referenced, well, it was probably one of those games where Lane Kiffin said, you know, maybe going it on fourth down is not the best thing ever all the time. And they've cut down a little bit on it this year. They've tried 16 fourth downs and converted 12 of them. They have a really good success rate on those, but uh, it's less. The attempts are less. Um, he when, he, But I'll tell you what Lane Kiffin does, and, and this is kind of – I think this is pretty universal for who he is. When he gets in a game that he thinks is a detrimental game to him, he's going to do things like that. It's just his style. He's going to be more aggressive which I don't necessarily hate. A lot of people make fun of it. I think it's pretty good, personally. I like that aggressive style. If you think you're the underdog, you better go in there like that. Yeah. That's the way I approach it. But I think he's going to do that more. I think he's going to press a little bit more. There's that, that word that Freeze used about Thorne, was pressing. I think he presses a little bit, too, when he gets in those big games. And that might be a knock people have on Lane Kiffin. So that wouldn't shock, it wouldn't shock me if he did some uncharacteristic things or maybe more characteristic things. In this game, uh, I don't like Auburn's chances right now because I don't like Auburn's offense. I just think it's, 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 it's horrible to watch. They make offense look very difficult and I don't give them a shot to win these big games while it looks like that. But it could very well look very different this week. I, I think that the things I actually do believe that they're close. I am in the minority there. I know I am. I think they're really close to having some good offense, Auburn is.
2: Define good offense. Um,
3: Competent? Yeah, competent. Not not necessarily uh, top in the nation, but being able to convert when you need to, throwing the ball better, these kind of things. I think they're super close to getting that done. So it's it's really a matter of a week where it can turn around quickly, and I'm waiting for that to happen. I think it happens at some point this season. I don't know if it's this week. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at home. That would be my hot take, which about <laughs> as cold as you can get. Uh, I was asking Zach. Zach said Auburn's uh, – Zach in the back is Auburn's only averaging 15.5 points per game against Power 5 teams, 15.5 points per game. That, like you said, Justin, some of that's defense. yards per game, which is probably more than I would have thought, although Auburn is, what, number four in rushing in the SEC, uh, or four or five. I think Ole Miss is right behind them or in front of them. Uh, I'm curious to see what Auburn's – because, remember what Auburn finally broke 100 yards against a Power 5 team, what, for the first time last week at LSU. I think they had 120-something. Yeah, averaging 98 passing yards per game against Power 5 teams.
2: Yes, I, I think they've uh trying to add it up. I think they've got seven total touchdowns in four Power 5 games this year. I think it's seven total touchdowns. That's just total touchdowns. One is directly the defense. Two of those were set up to go half the field or less by the defense. So three of the seven you could contribute to the defense, either doing it for you or setting you up. So you're talking about four touchdowns four touchdowns in four games where you're like, the offense went out and produced a t- one touchdown per Power 5 game. That you're like, no, no turnover, didn't set you up in midfield. The offense got the ball, put some to kind of drive together, scored a touchdown one time per game. That isn't going to get it done. I don't know, Cole. I want to think that they're close, but... There's just so many issues. There's, you know, it's, 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 that's kind of the, and I'm with you. I, I wish we would get, we've gotten to the point where over the years we would stop just being casual fans. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's so easy to look at the quarterback. It's so easy. It's the first thing. It's obvious. We all know it. We know a bad pass when we see it, right? We can be like, that pass was high. Everybody knows that pass was high. Um, or it was low or whatever. It's easy to see. But, Generally, there are definitely times where you can go, okay, this quarterback's terrible. He's not. There's, you know, but there's, but when you've seen with this offense, you've seen enough things. It's a, it's a combination. It's a combination of sometimes Peyton being inaccurate. It's a combination of the protection. Sometimes, sometimes the receivers are not getting off coverage. Sometimes they're not making the play, and the ball hits them in the hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we've seen everything. We've seen penalties by the offensive line. We've literally seen everything. So you're like. How does all of that come together? Stop missing penalties. Also catch the ball when it comes your way. Also trust the receivers to make plays, throw them the football. Also be accurate. Also fix protection. Um, I hear the players say it's fixable, and yeah, it is. I mean, it, you know, technically those are fixable things, but it's just a bunch of stuff that has got to turn around, and I just – I don't know. I don't know. Against a competent defense, it's hard for me to think that they're going to do a whole lot without the defense's help, forcing some turnovers. Whatever. I just, I, I don't. Rivaldo Fairweather said when we talked to him this week, he was like, "We're going to turn it around. We're, we're we're motivated to show everybody that we can throw the football. We're, we're going to turn it around." And I followed up with him. I go, "What gives you that confidence?" Like where like why do you say that? And he just was like, you know, I just we've seen I've seen him practice, I think we can do it, you know, and
3: um I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Kind of manifested. what um, was Dylan Wade almost on the other side of that with with correct me on that. How did that yeah. go with Dylan Wade exactly?
2: Dylan, so yeah, so I asked I asked Rivaldo and Dylan. I said, Are you surprised at your struggles on offense? And Rivaldo Fairweather said, Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. You know, we've, we've looked good at practice. I thought we were, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a little surprised that we're not doing better. I asked Dylan Wade the exact same question Are you surprised at the struggles on offense? And he goes, His first thing out of his mouth was, You practice like you play. And then he goes, so, And then he goes, And he kind of went on to say, I'm not that surprised. I've seen, us, I've seen some things in practice that have become a bigger disadvantage than I thought they would be. And he even used the word apparent. He goes, it was kind of apparent that we might have struggles. Um, it was it was a lot more transparent about it um, about about some of those some of those issues. He even said in the LSU game, he thought the team looked defeated before they even started, or like right after LSU scored the first touchdown, he was like, we look like we were done. So he so, was pretty honest about some of that stuff. But yeah, differing answers on those two offensive guys on on. On the offense, I think Rivaldo was just trying to say the right thing, and I think you got a little bit of honesty from from Dylan Wade.
3: Can I say real quick, Jeffrey? I'm sorry to cut you off. good. Okay. The reason why that is one of the most interesting things that I've heard throughout this whole process is because he is the most technically sound player on Auburn's football team. Dylan, he is the most fundamentally sound player on Auburn's football team. Is it possible he looks around and goes, guys? you are not even taking coaching right now. He he looks at other guys and goes, that ain't right. I, like, he knows enough about it to go, that's not right. That's incorrect. I know he does. I watched him play. He's very good. And he knows what he's doing. He has a good pass set. He's going to run game. He gets his hat in the right place. He's a good offensive lineman. And he's technically sound. And that's one of the reasons why he's so successful. Is there a lack of technically sound players on our football team right now? Sounds like Dylan Wade thinks so. And
2: he's familiar, right? I mean, coming from Tulsa, he's going to be familiar with a good number of the concepts that Philip Montgomery is certainly oh. trying to get into. Definitely,
3: Muskrat too. It's going to be frustrating for him, and guys like him, right? Sure. Um, my, my thought earlier, Justin, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, the, the way the fans have reacted. and, um, and, and Because they acted like, you know, this was a nine ten win team, and now it's not going to be, and they're freaking out, and and I, mostly about the offense and and how bad it has been, and I'm thinking, man, like, why didn't fans and even myself see this coming, see some offensive struggles? Because my le- my my least concern coming into the season was the offense, and do you okay. know, and, and do you know why? And I thought about this you remember that rainstorm back in April that basically canceled the A-Day game? Oh, yeah, terrible day. Cold. We we didn't get to see them. Nobody got to see this team. I, I wonder, had we seen that in, at, at A-Day, could we have said, all right, man, this is going to be a long process, a little bit longer than we even thought. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying it was almost like maybe had we seen an A-Day performance we would say, let's pump the brakes on this potential eight to nine win season. Maybe. But they've been bad. You also didn't have Thorne in the mix then either. He sure wasn't, was he? He didn't get here till late summer. Yeah. Boy, That yeah. you know what? They would have had that performance on A Day, and people would have been like, oh, it's all right. Thorne's coming in. He's passed for how many yards, Cole? All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm
2: Whatever he threw for at Michigan State is basically the same number at this point. Not much has changed.
3: Yeah right. Yeah right. It's still six thousand yards. Yeah. Well, it's up a few. I wonder how good Keon Coleman made him look.
2: Oh my god, Keon Coleman is sick.
3: Oh yeah, that makes all the difference. I mean, look.
2: And Tyrone Howell, like, why didn't they bring in Tyrone Howell? I still get, I still wonder, like, why? What the heck happened with that? That kid's doing, lighting it up.
3: It's not the only thing. I mean, Zach said, Aiden Reed, guy that went second in the NFL draft last year. He had those guys, but man, I mean, it it was like I was showing y'all on the the fade routes. They give them one inch of separation. It's just little things like that. It's almost like if a light bulb goes off, this offense is totally different overnight. And that's why all this stuff is fixable. That's why it's not like I don't see any scheme problems. A lot of people uh, want to point to that and go, "Oh, well, it's Montgomery. I, he's he's scheming plays open." Guys, seen plenty. I've seen I would agree to,
2: with that. I would agree with that. Yeah,
3: I've seen enough to make me go, "Hey, this offense ain't bad. You're not executing it." Yeah, yeah there's opportunities. Miss throws ball. and drop drop balls. Yeah, and, and the the game plan against Georgia, fantastic fantastic. And I think one of the reasons is because if you're going to go with two quarterbacks, you can't make it obvious what you're going to do when Peyton Thorne's in the game, not Robbie Ashford. Because when Peyton Thorne's in the game, oh, they're about to drop back and throw it. Nope, we ran the uh, same stuff we're running, the power read, inside zone, veer-looking stuff. Hey, quarterback pulled it. We had no idea number one could do that. That's exactly why Lane Kiffin this week is been saying the things he's saying, he's not trolling. You get I mean, you can't put it past him. He trolls a lot, but <laughs> he's talking about Peyton Thorne being a running threat. He's worried about that. Because he knows the defense will get lulled to sleep every time he comes back in the game. Oh, he's not gonna pull it. It's the opposite. So you think when Robbie Ashford comes in they it's you know uh, it's gonna run every time. But every time Thorne's in, you can really mess with him. If you do it right. And that's what they did against Georgia. They gotta do it again. You got to find a way to do that again. Yeah, I don't know.
2: I think they'll play well. They need a, they need a good first quarter. My my, because yeah. to me, it's like the, the LSU game was such a debacle, and you hear Hugh Freeze talk about the defense not not you know lacking juice and stuff, and that was such a debacle that. The the first the first quarter is so big to try to get some momentum back. I think they'll play well. I think they'll be competitive because it's at home. But they need a man. They need a good start to really get them to to really get them going. And you know we'll see how that plays out. The LSU start was atrocious. That didn't even that that's kind.
3: Did Auburn score on its opening drive against Georgia? Was that when Peyton took it sixty something yards?
2: I feel like it was the second drive. Okay.
3: If Georgia got the ball. They are back deep when Peyton took off. and Because yeah, like he was like 60 yards and he was like on the 25 or something. Was the, that was the second drive. Was it? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, it was the second drive. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all understand yeah. what I'm saying by that, though? Because it was very obvious in the LSU game when Peyton Thorne. And, and I, I did the play script, so I know how, how obvious it was. He had like 15 dropbacks, no design quarterback runs, no zone reads no power reads, Ashford comes in the game, he gets all that stuff. So it was a very separate game plan for each quarterback. By the way, so they, they were they were making it obvious. Yeah, they, they didn't have a separate game plan for the quarterbacks in Georgia. They just ran the offense they prepared for. Whoever right the was in the game.
2: Yeah, and they were successful running the ball. Um right. They're successful running running the ball. One of the things they were doing a little bit on Tuesday during the viewing window that we saw was they were working on rolling the quarterbacks out and throwing on the run. Um, and I and I, it just it sort of struck me as something that I haven't seen them do much this year. And you've got two athletic guys. That does that limit your options? Yeah, because then you're you know it limits half the field. But you've had issues with protection. Um, you've got some guys that can move. I just wondered if maybe that's going to be a little bit part of the game plan is try to get them out of the pocket a few times and, and give them two reads and, and make it a little bit. If it's not there, run, um, you know, something like that. But that was something that they were doing a little bit that I hadn't, I hadn't necessarily seen them specifically working on, getting out of the pocket, throwing on the run, that type of stuff. But we talk about the offense struggling which it has. The defense, to me, is an issue now as well. I mean, three three straight games, they've given up more yards, more yards, more yards, more points, more points, more points. Um, now you're playing. Look, you're playing Georgia and LSU. LSU's going to get off the bus and score 35, basically. Um, but the defense has got some issues, too, now getting off the field. I think I noted that after the first three games, just shows you competition. After, like, those first three or three weeks, maybe if you include A&M, they were like top five in in third down defense. Now they're like 47th in the country. Mm-hmm. This shows you how bad the last two games have been, getting off the field, um, on defense. And now you got a little bit of uh, additional drama that the players have got to navigate through with Wesley McGriff um, taking a step back, not on the field coaching corners anymore. He's on an on he's on a he's at an off the field role now. Um, and, and, and just the drama around that. Players tend to handle stuff pretty well, so I think they'll be fine. Um, I think that's more long-term drama that Hugh Freeze is going to have to deal with versus the players. They're pretty resilient. Um, I don't think it'll affect them a whole lot. Zach Etheridge will be able to handle the DBs. and um, His right-hand guy, Jeremiah Wilson, will be able to help. And Tanner Burns now goes on the field and coaches special teams. He was already doing special teams. Now he's actually going to be on the field. Coaching, Roberts helps a little bit with the corners and stuff. So um, probably I don't think it's a big deal in terms of wins and losses at the moment, but I think it's just more of a decision that Hugh Freeze is going to have to deal with after the season. I think it's going to be more drama in his plate.
3: Tanner Burns will be on the field as the special teams coach, which he was already doing, right?
2: Yeah, he was already doing they they thought that the NCA was gonna approve that eleventh oh yeah. And then they didn't. And so, you know, Burns is the special teams coach, but during games you can't be on the field. And uh so that kinda that kinda hindered him. I mean, you know, technically you're not even supposed to be leading meetings and all that, but like who you know. Um but yeah.
3: So Tanner hasn't been on the field all season?
2: He I mean I haven't specifically looked for him, but he shouldn't be, as far as I understand. I think there's a certain number of on the field or in the box, one or the other.
3: I wonder what he's listed as. What is his actual title? Yeah. He is the special teams coordinator. Yeah.
2: He's been on the field, Cole.
3: I've seen him with a headset on. <laughs> I have too, that's why I asked. I never looked. at him guess. last week at LSU. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, was,
2: maybe they're like, let's just do it. And, I mean, unless somebody specifically finds, you know, picks him out, right? Like, unless I, somebody points him out or something. I mean,
3: well, does the coordinators being in the box so they count as on the field? Yeah. Okay. Right. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Think. Uh, this is probably uh, arbitrary crap. I mean, you know. I think on the field to me, especially with what Cole and I do primarily, is can they go off campus and recruit? Yeah. Those are the guys that we care about. It could
2: mean it. Yeah, it actually could be more on the field means you can go off campus and recruit. It means you can lead meetings and do stuff like that. That technically, the uh, yeah. So he can literally be on the field, but there's there's other things he he by rule isn't supposed to be doing. Right. Um. Yeah. But now he can do all of those things, which. He's already kind of, other than going off campus, he's doing a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. So um, I think the, the big issue is McGriff and and long-term, the big issue is McGriff and Ron Roberts and, you know, what happens. What, there's clearly some value in Wesley McGriff. You guys know probably better than I do in the recruiting scene. Hugh 3 sees a lot of value in him. So there's going to be a question at the end of the year about who's more valuable, Wesley McGriff or Ron Roberts. That question is probably going to be one that Hugh Freeze is going to have to answer.
3: Sensitive Mike. Yes, Zach, I was. I apologize. (laughs) I was actually hitting my boom arm. Um,
2: Next producing.
3: Let's see. Well, uh, does anybody have Auburn upsetting, upsetting Ole Miss? No, I don't. I would, uh, the reason I say that is because I would be shocked if Auburn wins this game. You would or would not? I would be shocked. You would be. But it wouldn't be like the shock of the century, but it would shock right. me if that makes sense. So I would pick a, I would pick Owens to win if I were betting on it. Now we always do the lines. <laughs> I was so wrong on the line last week with LSU. Hit it with Georgia. The line is what, six and a half Owens? Yeah. Um, mm. that's a tough one man I think it's going to be a touchdown game I think it'll be a one score game I don't I don't know if it'll be a deal where you know Ole Miss scores the last you know late touchdown to make it the 13 14 point game or if they're up 14 points and Auburn scores kind of a last touch last minute touchdown to kind of cut into the lead but Let's see here. Six and a half and fifty five. That's got it around thirty one to twenty four, which is probably where I would put it. I gave the points last week. I'd probably take the points this week. For some reason, Auburn at home, I'm not gonna bet against them when it comes to the uh the points.
0: <clears throat>
3: so I would I I would take the six and a half. I'll take the six and a half. I'm gonna say it's uh 27-24, something like that. Again, it could be that Ole Miss scores a touchdown, or Ole Miss could be up twenty-eight to you know seventeen. Auburn scores a late touchdown to cut into the lead and make it look more respectable than it was. But I think twenty-eight, twenty-four, three, four-point game. I know if I only because help. it's at home. Right. Well, that that gives me some. That's why I'm even iffy on the line. If it were away, I'd go, all right, Ole Miss gets those points. Absolutely. But uh, if I'm an outsider looking at this game, trying to bet on it, man, it is so unpredictable because Ole Miss is unpredictable, like super unpredictable. They have stats where they're top ten in the country, and then they have them where they're bottom ten in the country. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no way to predict that team. Auburn's. Almost in the same boat. They're a little bit more predictable because they're more on the back end of things, <laughs> but they're close to being unpredictable. You'd rather them be a little more unpredictable, I think. They're they're predictably average. Right. That's what they are.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, Ole, Auburn's defense is in Alabama's, but Alabama held them to 10 points, so we know Ole Miss offense can be held in check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Auburn's not Alabama but 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 still I'm just saying they're not such a juggernaut that even good defenses can't hold them in check. I uh I don't know which way to go in this game because I do think Auburn will play well at home. I'm I'm worried about a little bit about kind of where they're at mindset wise after the LSU game. Um I I did hear they practiced really well on Tuesday. Somebody even told me that it was one of their best practices of the year. Um you've got Keontae Scott coming back. Now while he won't be 100%, he'll play some snaps. He'll provide a little little energy um and I, th- I think he's good enough to go. Like he'll play, he, he just won't be a guy that can play 100% of the snaps, can go, he, you know, he'll he's got to work himself back in for a game, but he'll be in pretty decent shape, I think. Um we'll see if he returns punts. Like he wants to get back there. We'll see if they let him return punts. Um and so uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to petition. Here's the other thing I'm thinking about. I thought that Auburn going two weeks leading into LSU, I thought that was going to be a huge advantage. Two weeks, rest up, prepare, and it looked like it it was the exact opposite. It looked like whatever they did, the momentum they gained against Georgia, it looked like they had lost it. And that now makes me look at Ole Miss. At first, I'm sitting here thinking two weeks to prepare, rest up. Boy, Ole Miss is going to come in here. Good luck. But it could go the other way. I mean, maybe Ole Miss is playing good football. I mean, beat LSU, beat Arkansas, then bye week. So, do they lose a little bit of momentum? Do they come in? Do they have a rusty first quarter? Um, that I think that's very possible. You know, um, can Auburn jump out on them ten to nothing and see what happens? So. And, and Lane is 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 risky enough that he could give Auburn some opportunities going forward on fourth down or mm-hmm. forcing the issue a little bit at times. Um, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be close. I think back to last year, Auburn just getting shredded on the ground. I think Auburn's better, a little bit better positioned this year against the run. But Judkins is getting a little more healthy, so I don't know, man. I think this is gonna be a tight game that is gonna come down to some things that I'm not sure we can predict, whether it's turnovers, whether it's converting some third downs, fourth downs, whatever it is. Um Auburn's just got to even more than the turnovers against Georgia, Auburn didn't commit penalties. They gotta they gotta at least do that. They gotta get they gotta play a clean football game. Offensive line can't have false starts and holds and that kind of stuff. I mean I think the smart move would be to take Ole Miss. Um but I really think it's gonna be a tight game. But I think it's a huge game for Auburn. If they come off that LSU and they can't rebound and they come home and they lose again by 10 or so, then I think you got a problem with this team and and you're seriously going, I don't know if they're going bowling. I don't, I'm not sure because you come off that and you don't, and you kind of look similar and Ole Miss takes care of you. You got an issue. If they can rebound and get off the mat. And, and, and pull off an upset here by a point or three points or something like that, McPherson hits a field goal, then, I mean, it would just be massive. It would be so massive it would. for this team going forward It trying to, trying to win at Arkansas, taking care of Mississippi State next week or having a chance at Bama. I mean, it just, coming back off the mat would be so, so, so huge versus a fourth loss in, in five weeks, four straight SEC losses. I just, I think it's a big game for morale, I think it's a big game for morale of, of the team going forward. But it's hard for me to say Auburn's going to upset. There's just not enough there that they've done for me to say they're going to just turn around and go score 30 and win the game. I, so I would say Ole Miss, is, if I were betting, I'm saying Ole Miss money line, but I do think it's going to be really close.
3: Justin, this is an interesting point about the uh, penalties. Because you know, I, I sit here and I talk about the technical issues and the small things And I just want to reiterate, you know, it sounds like I'm talking about the coaching, and and maybe I am a little bit, but it's not just the coaching, I don't think. Because a bad coach team would not have that few penalties, and Auburn's still one of the best teams in the country in in penalties. So something's registering. but it's It's, you know, it's the you can lead a horse to water thing. There's a lot of that going on too, I think. And that might have something to do with the transfer portal. So one of the
2: things he one of the things Hugh Freeze said on Wednesday, and sometimes when you hear a coach point this out, you're like, okay, it's kind of you sort of had that stat prepared to sort of defend yourself, but it's a I mean it's a fair point I think he pointed out that um go against LSU eleven of the twenty two starters in that game before the season had never started an SEC game, um. And of course, that's a lot of the portal. That's a lot of that's getting guys in from the portal, and not just SEC. A lot of the guys that came in from the portal weren't even Power Five portal guys. Um, and there's a there's a competition level difference, certainly even even there. I don't know, but we're at the point now where you're three games. But he's but he kind of made that point talking about they never they've never played in the SEC. So now go on the road in College Station and do it. Go on the road in Baton Rouge. These guys have played. At going into LSU, they had played two SEC games. One was in College Station. Now they've played 3 SEC games ever. One was in Death Valley, one was in College Station. That's a pretty big I mean that's worth noting the adjustment, the adjustment that that could take for these guys. It it kind of sounds like excuse making, but I also think it's a, it's a fair point too.
3: Justin, I can hear the rebuttal right now. I can hear it. I've been on the corner long enough. I know everybody's got to come back oh, for everything. Yeah. Okay? I can hear it. Yeah. It it is um well, what about the other schools that had twenty transfer portal guys? I, w- I would ask how many of those are in their first year as head coach at that program. Um, Deion Sanders, yeah, they're looking pretty good. Um, you know, who else? That was a joke. Yeah, they, they just lost to Stanford in about the most horrible way you can imagine. Um, is there anybody else that's got twenty plus transfers and then their first year of a Power Five head head coaching job?
2: I don't know. All of was up there in terms of numbers. And again, yeah, Power
0: be. 5, like
2: Keon Coleman that Florida State got. Well, he's coming from Power 5 like Peyton did, but a lot of those guys, Gunner, Britton, Avery Jones, Dylan Wade, Jair Shorter, Shane Hooks, Brian Batty. None of these dudes are Power None of that's Power 5. Uh, Jalen McLeod, Lawrence Johnson's Power 5. Um, Nasili Kite was Power 5. It would be
3: easier to name the Power 5 guys, Justin yeah, Rogers. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, Mario it's even anymore. That's yeah, a, that
3: was a G five guy.
2: So I guess it's worth it's worth something watching, but it's got to start now. Like you've played, you've played maybe the three of the better teams in the league. You're about to play, you know, Ole Miss. What does Zach that, that say? Yeah,
3: that, he, he was he was going along with my question, but then he stopped himself and said, "But that is a G five school. Texas State has the only other school that ranked that high in number of transfers." Wow. Um, is Texas State a first-year head coach guy, too? Zach? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, okay, yeah, he is. G.J. Kenny, first year there. So that's kind of my point. Are you in your first year, and do you have 20-plus transfers? If you can find that somewhere else besides Colorado and college football, I'd like to see if somebody's doing it better. I think that's a fair case study to do here. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you a question, too. I wanted to ask both of you all a question. Which of the four major injuries for Auburn has been the most detrimental, in your opinion? Austin Keyes, Javarius Johnson, Messiah Nasilakite, or Javarius Johnson? Or Keontae Scott. I said Scott, didn't I? You said, you said John bar twice. Oh, Keontae Scott. That? I have one. I don't know if y'all will agree with it. Man. It, I want to say Kite. Yeah. Um. Because how much how much worse did Auburn's defensive line look without him? Because he was the best defensive lineman on the team, according to you. And I taking my opinion, making it from yours. So to me, if you lose your best defensive lineman, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And you've replaced him with a you've moved one uh, true freshman essentially. Freshmen.
2: Yeah, and Zacchivas Walker looked looked terrible. Oh my um, god,
3: dude! I made it a point to watch him. He's a little slow to play five. Um, you god, he looked when when he was a true freshman.
2: He had flashes. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, I know. I'm like another big athletic dude. Like, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Like, he had flashes of like another Marlon Davidson or something yes. like that.
3: I remember and talking really to Jay Tate back then and going, "Man, that dude's going to be a monster." Zeke Zeke Walker. Yeah, he just, he was. He, he was a monster.
2: Yeah, Cole. I don't know. I uh, I think Nasili Kite could. You know, he's he's only now missed one game, so we we'll see. We'll, we'll have more data as they go, and we can point to like. as It's they a go. good question because I mean but I think the Keontae one. Yeah, Keontae coming back, but Keontae is a, a big one too. Just because I think Keontae is, a, is is maybe the best football player on the on the whole team, well, and I also think if Keontae Scott's healthy, I think they beat Georgia.
3: I don't think Keontae
2: me, Scott matches up against Brock Bowers and could have done some good things there. Brock's awesome, but Keontae Scott's got some length. I think he would have really helped,
3: and I, I think that, I think they beat Georgia if Keontae Scott's healthy. I agree with that. And don't get me wrong, all four of them. There's a very good case to be made that. I was going to say I could make a case for any of them. Maurice Johnson, how much would he help? I mean, he could help. He's a good route runner. He actually does run the routes the way I think he, he can is. get open. And he's played a bunch of football. Jay Fair hasn't.
2: Javar has played a bunch of football. He might play this week. He We saw him out there Tuesday, but when you're coming off a hamstring, you know, but he's running around. I mean, so now it could be chilly. I, you know, I don't know if that'll affect how loose he is, but he, he'll probably get out there a little bit.
3: Uh, and also, Saturday. in an attempt to get uh, Asante and Nixon off the of field for a breather, you could have keys. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a little bit better than Riley and, I mean, you know, Riley and Steiner. They're, they're, Sometimes, so that's why they're not starting right now. That would be the case there. There's a lot of cases we made. Those four injuries are tough, man. Tough. Mm. When you're so thin, any any starter is tough. Exactly. do they're replacing him with? All four of them. That was my theory that I was trying to formulate on the Collins show, Jeffrey. I don't think I formulated it well. Is it possible we were looking at it wrong? you is worried and 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 tired about the offense. No, no, <laughs> He's worried about the defense. Yeah. I don't know yeah, when you made that post on the corner following that or maybe it was even on Monday. I was like, "Oh. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Makes perfect it sense." Yeah. That's it made what perfect it said sense. In Monday press conference, he, he reiterated it and I was like, "Yep, that that is yeah, what I
2: said. Well, after the game, I mean, I was there in Bat Rouge and and uh and in the interview room, after he was asked about pace, and he said, um, he was like, "Yeah," but he goes, "You know, I." He goes, "It's." He, he basically said, "It's an internal debate we've been having. Run fast, but then we've also got a defense to think about, and I don't know what the right answer is." But he kind of left it by saying, "We're probably not going to sit out there and go 100 miles an hour. We just can't do it. I don't have the depth. First of all, they're not even efficient enough on offense. Like that's its own issue." But they also right. don't have the depth on defense to to do it, which is a big discussion I was having when uh, some of the guys in the media after after the freeze press conference was like, "I feel like they're playing in the middle ground. Either run, either run your offense, pace and all. Just run it. It's your first year. Say this is what we're doing. Get everybody acclimated. If it means this is what you do, um, then 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 do it. Or." go the other way, put Robbie in and run the ball. I feel like they're kind of playing in the middle ground of they're running the schemes but they're not running the pace. And when you're not running the pace and that's a big part of what you do, like you got one hand tied behind your back. And so it's it's just a we saw that with Gus sometimes when he would you build your offense around pace and then you decide not to run pace. That messes with stuff. And and it's just not ever going to look because part of – maybe some of your schemes are more simplistic because you're going to run pace and you need to be able to do it. Well, then you take away pace and it's – I don't know. I struggle with that. I almost think they just say screw it, run pace. Like I almost asked Nehemiah Pritchett, hey, Hugh said he was nervous about running pace. Would you care if the offense went out there and just, and just flew? If it meant you playing 10 more snaps, would you care if they just went at their pace? He'd probably go, no, like go do your thing. No, it, I, I would it, guess that's what they'd say.
3: Marcus Harris doesn't care playing 80 snaps, right. but, you know, that's, that's a coach's decision. Hey, I, I don't know if you're the same Marcus Harris at 80 snaps as you are at 60 snaps, right? Can't yeah, to, I just, can't I just, I just think playing in the middle it. ground. I don't like it. At, at some point, I mean, if it gets too far, you're going to have to go, all right, well, here we go. I'm going to have to let it go. And that might be where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows that.
0: Yeah,
2: it it feels like he's trying to manufacture six wins. How can I piece together to go to a bowl game? I, Robbie, little Robbie, little Peyton. We're gonna pull back pace. We're gonna. I just need to piece this thing and manufacture getting to a bowl. Versus, I'm gonna do my thing. If it means we win, we go five and seven. So be it. But I'm I'm gonna run my stuff and prepare it for next year.
3: Right. Well, I posted on the board uh, just a joke. It was just a joke. Uh, from the movie We Are Marshall, the clip from that movie where Matthew McConaughey goes, he holds up a book and he goes, gentlemen, uh, the reason I'm here is because of the power rides. What I've done all my life It's the best thing in the world. It's going in the trash. And you tell me what the most simplistic offense is that we could possibly win a game with? Yeah. That's pretty funny.
2: That was a good one. All right, so we're all thinking Ole Miss slightly, but we 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 all think it's going to be competitive.
3: Yeah, and listen, I think Cole said it. it I wouldn't be be shocked if Auburn wins. They're at home. They play good football at home. I wouldn't be surprised. Really wouldn't. Really wouldn't. If I was going to pick an upset, I would probably pick an upset on this game because they're at home. I'm saving that for Bama, though. (laughs) Could be
2: a special night. Could be a special night. Auburn getting upset. Freeze beats Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Auburn fans get to stick it to Lane a little bit. It could be a very, very big night for a lot of reasons and emotional re- for fans and players. It could be a great night. It could be a really, it could be another really tough night. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's a big game. It's a big game for a lot of reasons.
3: Speaking of Bama, they play Tennessee this week. That'll be interesting. Uh, Peyton Manning said, "It's funny. I mean, I can't think of the last time Alabama beat us. The series has been so one-sided since 2022. You know." <laughs> yeah it's good stuff um, it. another good slate of games this weekend as always yeah it should be a
2: should be a good one all right boys let's get out of here auburnlive.com go check it out go subscribe you got like another few hours big game special half off an annual subscription go jump on that uh of course subscribe to our youtube channel turn on notifications do all that good stuff and uh be there on Friday, Saturday, big recruiting weekend. The guys will have plenty of recruiting coverage Saturday night, Sunday, all that good stuff as, as well. So make sure you're tuned into that. We'll see you next time.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines, you can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college
1: hoops until they cut
0: down the net's.
1: Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to two five three three four two in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit Help dot com in Kansas 1877 Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one gamblernet in West Virginia or call one 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred three two seven 327 5050 support in Massachusetts or call 877 8 Hope